Yes, good evening and welcome back to the third tier. It's Monday, the 24th of May. I've got a croaky voice from Football on Friday. It's good to be back. It's good to be discussing the drama of the playoffs. And tonight we've got a special guest. We're joined by Kaz uh, from the Gascars and, and more importantly, her game too. Um, but first, let me introduce the normal guests and or presenters, should I say. Welcome back, Ben. Ben, how you doing? I'm very good, Tom, and uh, looking forward for another fun-filled show and talking about obviously the important matters with the Her Game 2 campaign and also the big game on Sunday afternoon at Wembley between Lincoln and Blackpool. Yeah, it's uh, good to have you back also. Uh, Matt, how are you doing? Very well, thank you, mate. Yeah, been enjoying the playoffs. I think like everyone from a from a neutral perspective, it's lovely because you can sit and enjoy every game and uh, not feel the stress that I'd imagine you were feeling for at least a few minutes on Friday evening. But um, we, we're going to have to pay to talk to our guests tonight. And they're all big time now. I've seen they're on the Channel 5 tonight, I've heard. so. Channel 5, BBC. And on that uh, note, take, welcome. Take it over the world. A familiar face, Kaz. Good evening. How you doing? Evening, guys. Thanks for having me back on so soon. I wasn't expecting to be back on so soon, but kind of did something big, didn't I? So, you know. <laughs> Let's talk we're gonna, about it. We're not here to talk about that, really. We're here to talk about your predictions at the, the yeah, and your last <laughs> appearance. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll start off with um, there's no real League One news apart from the fact that we have no allocation of tickets. Uh, I don't know your thoughts on that, Ben, but we've been allocated 3,951. Um, obviously, it's a shambles and open the top tier. and Obviously, we've seen test events where it looks relatively empty with 22,000 in. So, um, what's your thoughts on the ticket situation? It's an absolute joke. Uh, you look at the FA Cup, you had 22,000. I know there's only 6,000 from each side and a lot of them were locals. And I get I get that. Uh, in my opinion, it's good to see fans back of some sort. It's better than nothing. But when you think about it, they could easily do 10,000 each and you know, make it a quarter of the ground, even if it meant Oh, you have to wait 20 minutes extra at the end. And it, it takes a bit longer to get out. Maybe it takes a bit longer to get in. Nobody would mind that. And um, it would make a better playoff game. But you've got to look at the positives. There's fans in. There hasn't been pretty much fans in all season. So, at least there's something. And at least, I know some Blackpool fans are going to miss out that we're season ticket holders. Some will miss out from Lincoln. But most are allocated for, which is the only positive. Can If it would have been Sunderland, you would have had, 30,000 upset season to get holders rather than 3,000, but it's it's a joke. Yeah, good evening, Joe. Yeah, it was great to see you on Friday, mate. It's the first time I think we've properly met, so good to see you at the Armfield. It was a great evening. Um, Matt, your thoughts on the ticket situation? I think um, Ben's just alluded to the fact if Sunderland did have or get to the final, if they didn't bottle it again, um, <laughs> if they did have uh, the 10,000 there um, or like their season tickets that they were there the other day, do you think the EFL might have considered letting more fans in, or do they see Blackpool and Lincoln as a as they're not going to probably change their minds? But if it was Sunderland, they might have done something a bit differently, or do you think they stick to their guns regardless? It's the EFL, no idea. To be honest, I'm, I'm pretty sure they make most things up as they go along, don't they? So they could have changed it. They they might not have done. But I think just to reiterate what Ben says, it, it seems ridiculous that. The Premier League teams can go there and, and play a cup final out in front of just over 22,000 last week and, and then little old League One gets put on the back burner again, so to speak, and you get just under 4,000 tickets each, which means that the, the majority of the crowd's going to be 
the prawn sandwich brigade, unfortunately, who probably missed most of the game because they'll be in the corporate bar and won't be watching the football. And it would just mean that the atmosphere is even more diluted than it would be if there was 20,000 or whatever the figure is, proper Blackpool and proper Lincoln fans, unfortunately. But is it really unexpected? Not really, sadly. Uh, good evening, Peg Legs. Great <laughs> movement that Kaz has started. Fantastic work. <laughs> Sharing that Emma and Hanlon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Kaz, Ben just said, um, sorry, Matt just said, um, obviously because it's League One, but Swansea and Brentford are in the same boat as our as other League Two sides um, <laughs> and, and Newport as well. So it's just it's just a bit ridiculous overall. I think going to the game on um, Friday, there was probably uh, more fans in their Friday at Bloomfield Road than there is going to be Blackpool fans at Wembley, which just blows my mind first and foremost. But at the end of the day, they had allocated seats. You know, some fans were social distancing. You know, don't get me wrong, we were all together. We we hugged when we scored. There was no sort of getting away from it. But it just seems a bit ridiculous of an allocation. Do you agree? Yeah, no, it's not exactly fair. And I always think with like, yeah, I just feel bad for the the diehard fans that are going to miss out. Like Ben said, with the season ticket holders that won't be able to go. And you think, okay, like we've all missed out. This Oh, has his froze. Internet playing up. No worries. Am I back? We got to, uh, yeah, we got to, uh, the diehard fans are going to miss out. Yeah, so th those diehard fans are going to miss out. Um, obviously, it's not fair. If if no one can go at all, then it's a bit easier to deal with. But I just feel bad for those fans. Like you said, it, there's definitely capacity to do it. Um, so why they can do it for some teams, but not for other teams, it just seems really unfair to me, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Josh has added to his comment. The atmosphere at Bloomfield Road on Friday night was something else. Only 4,000. Critchie was right. Sound like 40. Sky didn't like our imaginative chance, though. Um, brilliant chance from the Blackpool fans. Um, PLGS or PLG Spooky is the same for Brentford and Swansea. They have started a petition, which I don't know if you guys have seen today. Um, the actual official club Twitters have tweeted out saying, you know, pleading saying let us have more fans basically and I think if they're going to make a decision it needs to be in the next 48 hours maximum because they're going to have to put those tickets on sale and then fans are going to have to get there etc so especially for Swansea and, and Blackpool fans etc have to travel quite a far distance away. Um, good evening Les, nice to see you on the on the channel again. Uh, East Riding of Yorkshire, I love the playoffs, I think we all do. I think last night's game summed it all up didn't it um, Matt, I don't know if you watched uh, prevalent to to League One, really, because it's going to be a very interesting final on the return of Kevin Ellison versus Derek Adams. I didn't watch it. I was watching no! the telly with my wife because I've watched a lot of playoff football at the weekend. So I decided to swerve it. And then I checked my phone after seven minutes and it was 2-0. And I thought, what have I done? And it ended up 4-3 or something ridiculous. Yeah, but Kevin Ellison, what a side note to the whole game, obviously. I think he tweeted this morning and said he was off to pack shelves for a living in August, wasn't he? Because he'd been put on the scrap heap by Derek Adams. And now you've got to get on Newport to win, aren't you? Surely an Ellison to score the winner at Wembley. It'd be unreal. I'm slightly biased. I'd, I think Morecambe have done brilliant in that division, but I'd love Newport to go up because they're managed by an ex-Jules player, Mickey Flynn, who's a top bloke and a top gaffer as well. So I'd love I'd love Fleetwood. Fleetwood, where's that come from? Newport to come up. So and it'd be a new ground next season as well. So. Yeah, Fellini's played for Blackpool as well. He certainly had a lot of passion and, um, mm. you know, the most technical bit of um, able players, but he showed, always showed fight and popped up with the odd goal as well. Gaz, did you watch the game last night? Internet gone. 
yeah sorry i don't know what my internet's yeah. doing today um yeah i did i thought it was yeah incredible and ellis obviously the oldest scorer ever now isn't he in the playoffs which is amazing um he's always been um someone who you always sort of remember um and then yeah getting morecambe in the final you kind of could picture so you couldn't write it any better there we go absolutely um yeah so 45 minutes on the train for me in league two so i'm excited for that one absolutely um and ben we'll move on to to obviously the the games obviously we haven't been on since um both legs um some interesting games obviously blackpool kicking things off with a three nil win i for one was blown away by one our performance and two but i don't know if oxford were lackluster or we were that good but did you you watched the game i take it um because you went to the pub didn't you um what were your overriding thoughts at the end that full time because oxford were in it at some points and there were some dramatic moments especially early doors tactically it was brilliant by blackpool absolutely brilliant I said many, many times at the start of the season when Blackpool playing this pretty football, if they can simplify it a little bit, they will get results. I did a few bodies in Dougal, Stewart along the way. We've got the strikers as well. So I thought Oxford will come at Blackpool. Blackpool will get, get through over the two legs for their defensive run and they'll get a goal on the counter. And obviously Turton gets the goal of all people. You know, not, not a goal scorer, but he's finding himself in there, gets his goal. And Oxford come again and Blackpool took a punch again, second goal. And then they go and get the third through Ellie Sims, who's been absolutely fantastic since coming in January. I think it's nine goals now, isn't it? So um, I don't think Oxford, Oxford weren't great. They only created one chance. But you've got to see that was down to a resolute Blackpool. They didn't give anything away, everything that came to the box. You know, they got it out. They gave it to the midfield. In the midfield, you know, fed Yates and Sims. And on another day, Blackpool could have probably had a couple of other other goals and Yates had a chance that he, he normally scores. So it was good to see it was good good game, good spec to see. I was gonna say it's good to see, but for me I'm not quite sure. Uh, no, but Blackpool deserved it in the first leg and um Oxford had it all to do with uh, don't don't worry Oxford fans. I know how it feels to lose by three goals in the playoff first leg. <laughs> um as, uh, just comments back to the fans, really. Barmy really has both cup finals were success. 20,000 is more than achievable in each playoff final. Absolutely. Um, what's the plans for the 30 in the off-season? Um, more to come on that, really. We're going to take a couple of weeks break after next Monday show. I may not even be in a fit state. I think either way, whatever the result is, I might be sitting out next week's show now. I, I joke. But yeah, it will be the last show next week and then probably a few weeks off and then maybe we're going to get some guests on pre-season to talk about their windows and, and and just what we think of, you know, the up and coming season, you know, there's no rest for the wicked, but we will take a, a few weeks off. And I know Ben's done 92 streams since the end of the season already. And I know Matt's enjoying himself with some time off as well. Evening Charlie, evening lads and Kaz. I think we're looking for a new host, aren't we, Tom? So anyone that wants to apply, now he's going up to the championship, we'll, we'll, we're taking applications in. So you, just put them in the comments. <laughs> you heard it here first. Ben thinks Blackpool going up. Uh, first time viewing looks a good vlog, chaps. Uh, forward slash Kaz. Uh, yeah, Lee McCann, nice to see you. I think I've seen you on Twitter or, or YouTube in comments before as well. Nice to see you. And John's put, Tom, what was your emotions like walking back into Bloomfield Road after such a long time of not being there? Um, surreal. I think queuing up to get into the stadium, hearing the turnstiles click. There was no sort of beer or drinks being served, but, you know, finding 
you're not usual seat or I haven't got usual seats. I'm not a season ticket holder, but just where you wouldn't usually sit. We were sat where the away and uh, away fans would usually sit, but just seeing players warm up and yeah, the pitch was incredible. Even though it had a lot of rain in, in Blackpool Friday and yeah, it was a lot to take in. And when we conceded early doors, you think you, it's still hard to get used to. And then as soon as you sort of start cheering and that goal went in, I think it kind of felt like normal and we haven't been away. So I can't wait for everybody to be back and for everyone to experience it really. And it won't be long. Um, welcome back, Kaz. Um, <laughs> Matt, your first um, your first thoughts on, on either playoff leg, really. I bet Ben's just sort of summed up Blackpool versus Oxford, which... You know, yeah, I slightly all... disagree on the first 20 minutes that Blackpool... I thought Oxford were really bright opening 20 minutes and I thought Blackpool looked really panicked. I think Husband was lucky to get away with one. He got booked a couple of times. He tried to have an extra touch and I think Oxford sort of latched onto that and thought he's the weak link here because he was, you know, it was sort of square peg round hole type thing. But as soon as the first goal went in, Oxford, you could just see it almost like... It was like someone had stuck a pin in him and it, everything just deflated. And then, obviously, to concede again so quickly after. And from there on, on Blackpool were absolutely spot on. I agree with Ben. But I thought first 20 minutes, I thought they were playing through you quite easily. I thought your midfield was getting overrun. You were brave with your selection. Um, but you rode it out. And that's what you've done all season when you've been under the caution. That's why you've only conceded 37 in the regular season. But Ellis Sims, for me, was absolutely superb. And... Kid's got a big future in the game, whether that's with Blackpool in the Championship League One or Everton in the Premier League or someone else on loan. But he's an absolute unit. He's a handful. He runs the channels. He does everything that you want. Dare I say it, he's probably got more to his game than Jerry Yates. And I know Jerry Yates has got all of the plaudits this season and deservedly so. But we've got to remember that this this is a kid, literally a kid who's, who's learning his trade. And to come in and score nine in 21 is phenomenal. And I thought deservedly man in a match and yeah Blackpool deserved it but after the first 20 minutes first time yeah. in front of fans as well wasn't it you what sorry buddy it was sorry sorry it's the first time in front of fans for him wasn't it and yeah he said from the fans yeah he said after the game he's never played in a crowd this big or in a, you know a stadium crowd and I think he he just lapped it up regardless it was it wasn't very noisy was it I think Oxford fans are quite poor if I'm being honest I know I don't know what they usually like on a regular basis, but to be back in the stadium for the first time in God knows how long, and I thought they were—I know it was the scoreline was two quick goals and stuff—but you like to think they they would cheer on their fans a little bit more. But ground, the ground doesn't help the atmosphere, unfortunately. There, though, does it? Because no. it all just floats out one in because they've just got a car park at the behind the goal, <laughs> so you can't generate any noise because it doesn't stay in within the stadium. So it's—they might have been loud, but yeah, it always seems quiet. But. Because Blackpool fans, we know about that. We had the same sort of stadium layout for a couple of years. Uh, Les, I used to take the Priestfield Stadium for granted, never again. I think I said that my last away game or, or a couple of away games before we all locked down was Wickham and we were 2-0 down in 10 minutes. And I said, oh, to be back in that stadium. <laughs> um, Kaz, did you watch the first legs uh, League One? I didn't actually. I've um, been kind of busy. <laughs> Yeah, kind of busy breaking Twitter, sorry. No, um, yeah, I actually haven't seen that many, as many as I would like, but um, I do keep an eye on the scores. And it's funny because I, I said last time I was on here, I wasn't sure on Blackpool or Lincoln, um, mainly because Bristol Rovers managed to beat both of them, <laughs> which is surprisingly, uh, yeah. we, we would rob it. freezing again sorry um yeah um prove me wrong um and I said about Oxford making the playoffs which I was right about but um yeah I think it's going to be a, a big one at Wembley now in the final yeah and just 
on to sort of uh, we'll discuss Matt Lincoln's and Sunderland for both games. Um, we'll come on to the second leg of the Blackpool match in a second, but um, Sunderland just didn't show up um, in the first leg, did they? I mean, they had their odd moments, but in some ways you're not surprised and in some ways you still can't fathom quite how poor they actually have played in the in the closing sort of period of the season ending. But me? Yes, mate, sorry. Sorry, yeah. I think the two legs basically summed up why Sunderland haven't got automatic promotion, unfortunately, because they didn't turn up at Sinsel Bank. Uh, we've said all season, if you keep White and you keep McGeady quiet, you keep Sunderland quiet. Aside from that, Apart from Maguire, who started the second leg because Lee Johnson had to be braver, there's not a lot in terms of creative spark. And I thought Lincoln were really comfortable in the first leg and Sunderland switch off. They're sloppy defensively. There was no pace to their play. It was all very lax, days ago and a bit pedestrian. And I know there's a bit of a deflection on the scuff cross or whatever it was for the first goal, but no one picks Hopper up at the back post. I think there's another Lincoln player behind him. So they've got to tap in even if Hopper don't get there. And then Tom Flanagan and uh, Lee Burge have an absolute nightmare for the second, don't they, where it's number one Flanagan should probably just put it out for a throw-in or, or clip it down the channel and it's gone out of a danger zone. But he decides to be clever and go back to his keeper. It's not the best back pass. And then Burge clumps it against Brennan Johnson. On a side note, it's a miracle that Brenton jo Brennan Johnson didn't fall over, but we'll get on to that in the second leg. <laughs> but no, Lincoln, Lincoln deserved the win first leg. Comfortably, they were much the better side. Ben, just your thoughts. I don't know if you disagree with Matt. I, I completely agree with him. They were they were comfortable and well up for it. But I've seen on Twitter a lot of sort of Sunderland and Lincoln fans kind of say whose fault it was from the League One goalkeeper of the year. Um, for me, it isn't that bad of a back pass and he should deal with the situation a bit better. He's literally looked up and just had a, had a whack at it and hopefully it's gone past him. But for me, he's probably got time just to tap it to the to the to the right and clear it but i don't know what your thoughts were maybe hypercritical there but no I, no i agree with what matt said i think he's echoed it very very well i said i was in a stream for him said i said in my commentary i went lincoln every time something got the ball they pressed him packed with two three of them that went after him and the energy levels were unbelievable and that's probably why they struggled for a bit because they had a lot of injuries and they couldn't rotate as much as they would have liked and then in that first leg they just you know ran and ran around for the cause and you know, they had good chances as well, Lincoln, you've got to remember. I think they hit the woodwork once, once or twice. Sunderland also hit the woodwork twice. Um, but I thought they were very, very unlucky. I think in the first few minutes, Donny Burge makes a save. He doesn't quite do the corner, for it, but he, he saves it onto the bar. And um, in the second leg, I thought, you know, he looked a bit nervy, Lincoln, I'll be honest with you. And then the, the manager at half-time made an unbelievable change. He brought McGrandall's on for Scully. And he just kind of gave him a bit more control in midfield, I thought. And McGrandles is the man who won the penalty, probably should have scored. It was a good chance, you know, good turn. And then Sunderland just couldn't come back. And uh, other than the second half, I don't think Sunderland really created anything. It was pot shots from about 40 yards out. And Lincoln deserved into a man. They were terrific. And uh, they, they play a very good Blackpool side now in the final, which you can't really call. No, and I think Michael Apperson said at um, <clears throat> full time, Matt, they asked him what, he said to the players, and he said, I'm quite a nice guy, but I genuinely can't repeat what I've said to them, but just know I said something to them. And <clears throat> he's the opposite to what Johnson did. I don't know what Johnson said to him, apart from the fact that maybe you're going through these are poor and go out and do what you did again and not had any tactical nous about him. But Appleton certainly got into his men and probably said, this is your, you know, a massive opportunity to, to write your name in history. And they've gone out and proved him 
you know, they, they play for their manager when it was polar opposite on Sunderland's side. Yeah, yeah, spot yeah, on. Yeah, I thought the, the team talk was Lee Johnson shouldn't have to do a team talk at half time. Lee Johnson's got to say three words at half time. Same again, lads. That's it. Because they were phenomenal. And that's probably the Sunderland that, that Graham, and we know we keep going back to when he said they're going to win the league. But if he's watching them do that for periods of games, they can win the league. But the trouble is they're then doing periods like we've seen in the first leg and the second half of the second leg. They just switched off. They just stopped playing. It was like it was 11 different people that went out there. It looked like they'd just been chucked together in a, at half time, never played together. It was so weird to watch. And like Ben said, by the 70th minute, they was just resulting to giving it to centre half and the fullbacks and just lumping big diagonals to, to Aidan O'Brien or, or Charlie White. And it, it wasn't working. And Lincoln probably saw it out relatively comfortably in the end. But they should have been out of sight, shouldn't they, Sunderland? I mean, Charlie White's had his Harry Kane moment in the first half. He's literally got to square it three yards to Chris Maguire and it's game over. Why he's shooting, I'd only Charlie White and I know his brother or someone's come out on Twitter I think and said he's been playing with a rib injury but rib injury or not it's that don't affect good, your yeah. eyes you look up you look three yards to your right you give it to your teammate and you're 3-0 up or 2-0 up and then you go and score again and it's game over because Lincoln was shot at that time but credit Michael Appleton he was brave like Ben said he got McGrandles on it changed the complex of the game they were keeping it better they were playing through Sunderland and Sunderland didn't have an answer to it in the end and uh, Tom Hopper went off and did a Alan Shearer celebration just to rub it in a bit more. Can Absolutely. I just say as well, Sunderland were playing with um, it was uh, McFadden at fullback and it was was it scouring the other fullback. So yeah. they 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 looked uncomfortable there. I must admit, and you know how would have just said run at them, you know, get draw fouls because they're not in the natural position. And they made a couple of fouls, didn't they? I think it was scouring on um, McGrandles who gave away the penalty. So I think it was very very good managerial skills that to. Brave in a playoff semi-final to take one of your more well, your second or your third top goal scoring off in Scully. You'd been quiet, but yeah, very, very good managerial skills. And Michael Appleton and Quinchley remind me are quite similar. They're very kind of low-key during the game. They don't get too up, they never get too down. But after the game, you can see what it means. The way Creechley was the other day, he just came into his own. And that's where I found Appleton. And it's going to be an interesting battle in those key moments to see who gets the upper hand. I think it'd be one. By a tactical element, and both of which are superb at it. Absolutely, yeah. Well summarised, mate. Um, John, I think Link has just had a mat, a shirt with Johnson on the back. He might replace the Vadine Oliver to to his right. Um, a good shout. Be a bit muddy though, won't it? Be a bit muddy from all the diving on his back on the grass. I never said he dived. I never said the word dive. Goes down very easily a lot, but I never used the word dived. I was very careful. But yeah, he dived. I'm not saying anything. I'll become a meme on on Monday, uh, Sunday night. So, Joe's but I'd much rather have Sunderland, Matt Sport on McGeady. Is there any player with any creative um, creativity and intelligence? Yeah. Well, I think that's been proven. And just a quick thought on the final before we come over to you, Kaz. Um, we'll start with you, um, if we may. If your internet isn't froze, it has froze. Um, no, <laughs> is it, we're back. Do you save your good internet for Channel 5 and the BBC? Is that what it is? You could afford Wi-Fi now, surely. <laughs> I don't know why it's playing up today. I have no idea. Um, your thoughts on the final? Obviously, you watched a lot of football um, before the playoffs um, and you weren't sure on Lincoln getting playoffs or Blackpool, but you've seen enough of both teams to sort of warrant what kind of game you think it will be. And not to make a call, but how do you think this final is going to play out? 
hopefully that's not how our defence goes. Um, Matt will come to you. Uh, yeah, how do you think the final is going to play out? Ben said it'd be a tactical I'm battle. Back. Oh, I'm back. Sorry. Oh. I after this, I'll restart and then come back. Um, but yeah, yeah I no think problem. they're two they're two very um, similar sides. Um, so I think it'll be a, a close game and it'll be one 0 either way. That's what I think. Fair enough. Did you want to go now without being too? Yeah. See you in a second, guys. Hopefully, we'll be back in a minute because in five minutes we need to talk to her about a very important campaign. Because yeah, we're buggered for half hour if she can't get internet working because that's the yeah, show. Yeah, be the chore <laughs> show of the series so far. But then I, I, I'm struggling a little bit with this this match, not only because we're in the final, but I don't know what Lincoln will turn up. And I've, I've seen a lot of people say Blackpool, what, over after watching Lincoln, in the playoffs should be the side that win. And I know you, you might agree, but for me that I've said all along, and I said a few weeks ago when, when Gary came on, that if there's not one team I do not want, and it's Lincoln, because I know the damage they can do. Um, and I called them to win the playoffs. Uh, I'm happy, to, you know, you can go back and watch and I've said it and I hope, hopefully I'm wrong, but at the same time, they're not little Lincoln to me because I, I resonate with what Barnsley have done and what Blackpool have done. And, you know, these teams, if they show they're a combined unit, they can do damage to anybody and they've proven that all season. And they have been savage with injuries as is Blackpool and so we've got similar stories. But the only omen I'm holding on to is fifth place as I've the players for a very long time. <laughs> um, how do you think it's going to play out? Me? Yes, Ben, sorry. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's going to be a very close game and I was thinking kind of what the managers would do. And if I, if I, I know Critchley the other day, he said, it felt like there were 40,000 in and the players have just started to go into their own. You know, you can see them play with that bit of confidence on their faces. Obviously, Blackpool fans were outside, but it was like the last home game of the season, wasn't there? And seeing it, the players looked. I'd go back and show them the final when you won, when you went to the Premiership, 40,000 of you going, if you think 4,000 is good, look how many fans we've actually got, you know. And if he does that, I think Blackpool could win that game. I, I, I just think Blackpool, where they are now, I think it's it's going to be a very, very hard to stop you. Lincoln are very, very good, don't get me wrong. I think they've got some very, very good players. But when I look at the matchups, I just think Blackpool are strong in every department. They don't concede you know, many goals. A few the other day were soft for Blackpool standards. But over the whole course of the season, 37 goals conceded. You know, Lincoln, I think 50 goals. I think that will just get you through in the end, mate. And uh, it's going to be very close. I agree with Cows. One goal to win it. And uh, if anyone's going to score, I think it's going to be... Someone like an Ellis Sims or possibly someone from defence, like a Ballard or an Ekpatech, someone like that can um, set piece. Yeah, I, I said to Gary on um, WhatsApp, I said this could either be 4-3 or 1-0. Um, I just think it's got the makings of a real end-to-end -end game where if Hopper's on form, you know, we score an early goal, they reply. It could just be one of those games which is which is mental, do you know what I mean? It's... It, or it could be, like you say, a very tactical battle. And I think both teams are going to press. Both teams are going to chase each other. And it could be a really rubbish game because just purely on the basis of no one will want to make a mistake. But at the same time, both teams want a lot of the ball. So it's certainly going to be interesting. I don't know your thoughts on the game, Matt. Um, I don't know if your dog is still barking. Hopefully it's not. Um, what are your thoughts on the game um, come this Sunday? Yeah, it'd be close. It's two good sides. I wrote down the stats. Did some notes today. Obviously, you finished third, Lincoln finished fifth. There was three points in it. There was one win difference, 23 to 22. Same amount of draws. Lincoln lost 13, you lost 12. 
22 clean sheets against 19, so both generally are solid. Does it come down to who is more solid? And to reiterate what Ben said, Blackpool are more solid. I think they they all know their jobs. I think if there's one missing, someone comes in and knows the job to do as well. And that's been seen in the playoffs. Husband come in, played as an emergency centre-half. And Adam played recently. You'd gone with uh, the young lad, Jordan Thornley. He didn't play. He kept a clean sheet in the first leg, which was when it really mattered. And um, both teams have threats. But I think Blackpool are going to edge it just. It'll be nervy and it'll be horrible to watch as a Blackpool and a Lincoln fan. And as a neutral, it'd be lovely because I think it'd be a good game. But I just saw more from Lincoln in that second leg that I thought, They'll get twitchy at Wembley a little bit, I think. Blackpool seem just a little bit more level-headed about everything. And uh, they've got Jerry Yates as well. I know George Grant's the Lincoln top scorer, but it's 13. But I think half a dozen of them have been penalties. Yates has got 20. You've got Sims on eight, but that's only in 21 games in the regular season. And Kai Kai, um, if he's fit, will he start? I'm not sure. Probably not. But it's one hell of an option to have from the bench as well. You look at Grant. Scully, Johnson, they're the, the top three scorers for Lincoln. Scully, will he start? Potentially not. McGrandles might start now after having an impact in the second leg at the Stadium of Light. But I have my opinions on Brennan Johnson. Everyone knows that and I'm very vocal about it. But he's got all the ability in the world but and, and he'll be a threat. Um, I've wrote three key players down for each now. Sims, Dougal and Yates for Blackpool and Hopper, Bridcut and Grant for Lincoln purely because Hopper scored in both legs. Bridcut keeps them ticking over and grants the you know the star player effectively for me and Sims has been brilliant Yates has got 20 goals and, and Dougal it could be the key in sat in front of the back four so 2-1 Blackpool for me Sims and Yates Johnson for Lincoln that's the dream and uh, I know you've got some right so this is in jest but Joe Affers is uh, oh no because you've predicted a ball win a um, couple of comments in here as a Gilds fan I have more faith in Blackpool to win the final. The, the way the Tangy finished the season, they looked untouchable as weak and have weakness, weaknesses. Uh, only in top eight to take four points off Blackpool. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you're a Lincoln fan. The first game for me, I'm not saying I'm going to disregard it, but we were we had about eight different players on the pitch than what we've got now. Um, and we were in not dire form, but we were just, we looked a mess. But the game at York... Um, a Central Bank, I'll still call it, um, was phenomenal. I think for 70 minutes, we could have been 4-5-0 up and you took both chances really well. So that's why I'm a bit nervy that we haven't taken a win off you this season and and, and Johnson and I, I just don't know how the wings will hurt us. But Les has summed up. The, the playoffs are great, aren't they? I love it. <laughs> they are eerily boring matches. A uh, rarely boring matches, yeah, sorry. I misread your thing there as well. Yes, yeah, so a rarely boring matches, you're right. It just brings out... Uh, why we love football but that's enough about um playoffs um we're going to go to talk to kaz now who's just joined us i'd right on time um and kaz, for those that have lived under a rock potentially t tell um the viewers and listeners about the fantastic campaign you've started recently okay let me know if my internet goes again i have moved so hopefully it's fine. Um, yeah, so started a campaign up called Her Game 2, which is basically aimed at the sexist abuse and comments that female football fans uh, receive in the football world. Um, me and a group of girls, so I had 11 other girls with me, um, we decided to make a video um, holding up pieces of paper to show what kind of abuse we've had. Um, and yeah, it sort of 
exploded <laughs> to be honest and it went crazy on on social media which was amazing we weren't expecting the response to be that big we got a million views in 24 hours um and we've had 7,000 followers now in a week which is amazing so really positive response and uh, looking forward to kicking on from here and seeing what else we can do with it yeah and this is going to sound and don't take this the wrong way listeners and viewers but this is going to sound exactly the same of what you've just said when I was, first watched the video I thought very powerful incredible and then I saw the views and then I clicked onto the profile then I saw your followers and I was like wow I was like that is exceptional and and a welcome message clearly to a lot of people on on social media obviously what's the reaction been like obviously being on national telly um how have you and the 11 other ladies come to terms with a little bit of stardom but at the same time putting out a message which is, is so vital yeah i mean it's uh, i think the word we've all agreed on is overwhelming which is what it has been I mean it's like overwhelming in a good way and um, there has been negative comments as well um I warned the girls um to be thick-skinned um with any comments we might receive because we knew there'd be some sort of backlash because there always is with stuff like this um and there has been some really awful things as well but the positivity just outweighs all the bad stuff um and yeah I would say it's probably been about 98 percent positive actually which is incredible um yeah and then all of the the uh, news and the um radio interviews and the newspapers and everyone that's got in touch has just been so like i said overwhelming i mean the support has just been incredible been in the mirror um we were on channel five national news tonight we've done bbc we've done itv we've had sky sports get in touch they want to do something this week sky news want to do something this week um yeah we just can't believe how big it's got in, in such a short amount of time so yeah we're really grateful ben i don't know if you had any questions or any comments you want to talk to kaz about yeah i i first saw it and i thought awesome really and uh, you see you see all the comments about you know Alex Scott, Laura Wards uh, being on the TV all the time when let's be honest I think those two are probably the best on there if I'm honest with you just because how positive they are and how good at the job they are and in a way I know she, this is going to sound wrong but the negative abuse that came with it was probably a good thing in hindsight because you're just basically showing what comments you do receive and more people mm -hmm. are seeing that and thinking that is wrong and yeah. So, so yeah, pe people are going, no, that isn't acceptable. What these girls are doing is terrific. And it sent out a great message to get 2 million people. And just to see, like, people sending pictures of the daughters playing football or, yeah. or, 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 or watching football or watching any sport. And I just thought, you know, that's a very, very good message. And, uh, you know, when you first thought of it, was there any anyone out of the girls thinking, I'm a bit nervous about this? Or was it always like, I don't care, this needs to be said? When the when I first sent out the message to the girls and sort of said, this is my idea, um, I'd love to have you all on board. I think you'd be great ambassadors for this. Um, they literally agreed in a heartbeat. There was nothing, not one of them were like, oh, I don't think it's necessary or... Um, and I, I only ever asked those 11 girls and they all said yes. And I thought, well, I don't want the video to be too long. So I'm not going to get too many girls on it. Um, so I thought well, this is probably enough um, to make a short, quick statement, quick video. And, th and that will just get the message out there. Um, so luckily they all said yes. And I didn't need to go scouting for anyone else. Um, and I followed those girls for years anyway. So I thought I've seen it. I've, I know they've had 
abuse on social media. They've been outspoken about it. They're going to be behind this campaign. Um, so yeah, like there was a bit of nerves, obviously, the day we launched it because it was like, wow, we're really going to do this. And we didn't know how it was going to go down. We didn't know what comments we were going to get. So it was a bit of a build up, which, which we felt a bit scared about. Um, but then when it started gaining traction, it was just then all of a sudden, it was quite numbing in a way because it was like, whoa, it's exploded really quickly. Um, and we were all in our group chat, just trying to digest how big it had got really quickly. Um, and there wasn't really any time to, to be nervous after that because we had to respond to all these interviews and these uh, comments and uh, this messages of support. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it all happened very fast, which was good for us. Absolutely, and Matt? Yeah, just obviously well done from Thanks. everyone, <laughs> I think, because it's been unreal. I mean, we was having a chat, weren't we, on Twitter that morning because you'd said, can I retweet it? And I think mm. I looked at 10 past and it was on seven and a half thousand views in 10 minutes. <laughs> it was just frankly stupid. And I looked like five minutes later and I put caps lock on and was like, it's double that now. It was just <laughs> staggering. And I found myself just checking that video sort of repeatedly every 20 minutes just thinking nice. how far is this going and i was Aww. like this is absolutely mental something's gone here this is a monster um yeah. how have you dealt with the idiots because that's what they are so i'm not going to sit here and pretend they're anything other than morons and uh i've seen the comments that you've had to deal with i'm sure ben and uh tom have as well and uh yeah. i've had to bite my tongue a couple of times the irony of these trickheads for want of a better word, on, on, on social media that you see. And, and then they're like, you look at their profile and it's like, oh, dad to two daughters. And you think, <laughs> how thick are you? Like, you obviously are wired up wrong, but how have the girls and yourself specifically responded to the the shit? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> watching because it's... it's yeah. I said to you, you've been brave because it's you're, you're basically putting your heads on the chopping block. Mm. You're going to invite it from, from the idiots, from the minority... Um, and obviously the positive outcome has, has been a lot bigger and a lot more widespread than, than those. But have the girls been all right with it and, and, and been okay with it? And um, so I'd imagine there's been a fair bit of blocking or muting in the last sort of 10 days. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, to be honest, it's a bit funny from my point of view. I used to be quite, I, I, every time I get a negative comment, it used to hit me quite hard. Um, but it was weird. I, I kind of got more defensive over the other girls than myself. Um, so I was getting to the point where I was like, I'd rather they directed it at me and not them. This is my idea. Like all the pelters should come my way. If you think it's an awful video, if you think it's a stupid idea, throw it at me, not the girls. So I think I was more worried about them than I was myself, um, which was really good for me actually, because nothing phased me as such. Um, and I said to the girls, I was like, you've just got to have a thick skin with this because it's undoubtedly, the, the more positivity we got, the more negative ones we're going to start creeping in. Um, and they've been fantastic. Um, especially with um some of them where i think okay they've not had it on the scale as the rest some of the rest of us have um so like me bobby amy we've had it quite bad compared to some of the girls so i was a bit worried about the girls that are a little bit more quiet on social media and haven't had it to the same scale but they've all been fantastic and i think to be honest the support has just made these negative ones funny <laughs> Um, so we're in this group chat, we're, we're pinging in some of the negativity we've had and we're just laughing at it. And that's the best the best way to do it. You know, you had people that said like, um, oh, I bet these girls never go to games. You've just got to laugh at stuff like that because we do. <laughs> and it's like, all you got to do is check my Twitter for the past few years on my Instagram. You'll see I go to games and I go to a lot of them. Um, and a lot of it is just false. Uh, a lot of it's jealousy. So you've just got to look at it, take it with a pinch of salt and just focus on the positives. And they've been so good at that. 
I think cool. No, that's good. The, I think the people quoting or, or adding sort of comments to your tweets are probably trying to use you as as clout to try and get themselves some likes. But ultimately, like you say, they're just it's like a bear trap, isn't it? It's like mm. <clears throat> excuse me. You can just say, everybody, look at this person. Yeah. <laughs> and and like you say, your thousands upon thousands of followers can just either mute that person or call him out and it it will eradicate it. And it's it's a bit like racism, isn't it? The more people that see it, as much as it is absolutely disgusting to see, mm. the more we'll get used to it not becoming the norm because it's what it has been, hasn't it? Uh, let's yeah. face it, it's, it's quite, a, there's no reason, it's not a reason you've made this campaign is because you fancy doing it, it's because this message needs to be heard. Yeah. Um, and and you know, credit to National News, I know we criticised them for covering a different sort of side of the side of the spoon a little bit, but Sky Sports just doing Premier League and not focused on other stuff, but for those to get on board with it so quickly and vocalise it is absolutely exceptional, and I think and rightly so. We're now seeing the Euros with females on the front of covers of pre- presentation. And like Ben said, you know, Laura Woods has been phenomenal on TalkSport and, and, and other other medias. And she's been with um, Akin Fenway, hasn't she? And those two are just incredible together. And it, it's good for me to see it as, as normality now. And, and I think, like you said, it will eradicate any people or... or scum that just think it's acceptable to, to to bully to bully ladies and and i just think it's so powerful and to do what you've done within a week is just exceptional um there's been about a week or so now isn't it two weeks a uh, week um, and two days <laughs> and seven minutes <laughs> <laughs> Not counting, <frankly. laughs> um, but if you uh, this might be a question you don't know the answer to yet but and it might depend on who contacts you but what sort of plans have you got going into next season or just as a campaign in general, when when more football fans are going to be sort of live and active at, at, to your campaign? Um, so we've got some plans up our sleeve, which we, we're not going to say what it is yet because we want to contact female football fans first and then sort of get it out there. We've started that process already. So the main aim now is to get as many females and males on board as possible. Um, a lot of people sort of spreading awareness, spreading the word, getting people's stories was what we want to do. We want to get stories from as many female fans as we can um, and get it out there so people understand that not only do they love the game, but what they have to deal with when they're at the game or, or talking about the game. Um, so it's all about getting people's stories out there and making people aware of the scale of what women have to deal with. Um, so that's going to be one of our first steps. We've got some surveys that we've um, we've whipped up some surveys that we're going to ping out to some girls just to see the scale as data to see how bad it really is what women have to deal with what age group what background how bad it is for certain people so we've got that coming up um we're going to do something for the euros as well so we're going to tie in events that are going on um with this campaign and and just get as many women coming forward back in it as many men back in it as we can and um i had a really great email from someone that manages um the sports pubs all across the uk so the likes of walkabout um cider press um well slug and lettuce um and all those big chains that you manage he's very keen to get her game to in these in those pubs in some sort of way whether that's screening our video throughout the summer which is one thing they suggested um getting our logo put about just so female fans when they go to watch a game of football in a pub because i think we can all agree you walk into the pub when the football's on it's 90 percent men yeah. and that could be quite an intimidating atmosphere even if it's not intended so 
what we want to do in these pubs is make women feel like this pub that they're in is fully behind the campaign. Um, if you do have any sexism, if you encounter any sexism while the football's on, you can speak to a member of staff there and they have and they, you you know you have their full support. Um, a bit of like a safe haven for female fans to go to, um, which is yeah what our ultimate aim is. Yeah, and that yeah, just like I said, it's, I know it's only been a short time, but already you can tell it's going to be something that's going to be around forever, in my opinion. Like this can live on for decades and decades to come, and until you, until with all due respect, this sounds really harsh. I don't want to come across the wrong way, but until it's a normality and people accept it, mm-hmm. your, your mission won't be complete, and it's going to be relentless. And if you see it all over, you're right, Ben. <laughs> Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. He's just in the comment. Uh, no, no, it's going to be a good game, but um, I'll probably see you next season, Joe, mate. I'll probably see you next, unless, unless, the result, unless the result doesn't go your way, you might, you, you might be getting the message the words you don't like seeing. Play well today, mate. Hmm. Uh, comment from Les Smith here. Word for female police officers and stewards in football grounds. I've heard some dreadful things, yeah. And and like you said, that this is the start of what um, Matt just alluded to as well. This is a massive, it's like a machine that's just booted up and everyone's gone, whoa. <laughs> um, and the fact you're on national TV and stuff already yeah. is in its primary stages or early stages is, is going to be great. And and like you said, fingers crossed, it, it continues to grow. And I'm, I'm sure it will now. You've got the backing of so many powerful media outlets as well. And Dave, you had any more questions, Matt? You're on mute, bud. <laughs> You're on mute, mate. Sorry, the dog started barking again. So I had to uh, put it on mute. No, just keep it up. Obviously, I'm happy to retweet and shout out. I've said that plenty of times, and the third tier would do the same, I'm sure. And obviously, Ben's got hundreds of followers on Twitter. So yeah, keep doing it and uh, keep being loud. And like I said, just ignore the minority because that's what they are at the end of the day. And no fair play and a round of applause for everybody that's been involved. Thanks, guys. Yeah, your support means a lot and anyone's support, to be honest. I think the more men that can get behind this, um, you know, there's going to be one sexist person in a group of 20 lads or whatever. So if men can, you know, they're sat at the pub and their mate says something or a woman doesn't belong, if men just turn around and say this is not okay, then gradually it's going to get smaller and smaller because the scale at the moment is just too big. Um, I don't expect it to ever go away. You're always going to get an idiot somewhere along the line. But um, I think the more we can get men behind it and women behind it as a powerful force, then we can definitely build a better future for women in football. 100%. My 13-year-old daughter asked for a season ticket for next season as well today, so I'm very happy with that. That's amazing. Send us photos. But well, I have to talk today about season ticket news, and there's there's still no season ticket news. I think every club in League One's sold about three, four, five, six, seven, eight thousand. Jules haven't even announced anything, so it'll be a rush job, I think, in about a month. But yeah, no, I was well happy with that. So you pass on the pain, Matt. You pass on the pain. Yeah, exactly. Your turn now. Exactly, You're not yeah. going to take her to the Priestfield, are you, mate? Surely there's a better team locally. Well, I can't take her anywhere else if she wants a dual season ticket, unfortunately, because <laughs> they don't let you in. So, oh, fingers crossed. Oh, I'm in the playoff final. Mate, <laughs> I said no. I'm staying humble. Um, it's been a terrific season, and fingers crossed we can do it. But no, no, I'm not. I've been like that. I've said I called it, and no, I'm, the I'm worst thing is I, I called Lincoln about four weeks ago, didn't I? Five weeks ago, and yeah. 
let's hope I'm incorrect and I'm more than happy to to be incorrect. So um, another comment here. Once again, it's a really fantastic campaign that Kaz has started. Really pleased to see our work's playing up. Sexton needs to stop, absolutely. Thank you. Um, yeah, and I think I think for now, I think the last show, like I said, guys, is next week. Um, a much or shorter show this week, but um, really important to, to have Kaz on and, and just to recap the playoffs. But Kaz, we will say if if we want to actually invite Bobby on next time, uh, <laughs> she or any others is um, absolutely welcome um, into next season. And, and you might even be like millionaires and, you know, all around the world at that point, who knows? But um, how this can kick off. If you can remember Little Third Tier at some oh, point, um, you're more than welcome in, in the new season. And, and thank you so much for coming on. Oh, no, thank you for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. No, you're and most just... welcome. Um, Matt, last show next week. I uh, look forward to, to seeing you and hopefully I'll, I'll be even croakier and maybe hungover. Um, but thank you. Um, thanks for coming on tonight and I'll speak to you next week. 100%. Now it's been good again. And like I say, it's, it's important to get the word out there. So any little thing that we can do, it don't take, you know, a second to retweet, does it? So, Not at all. And Ben, say the best to last. There's a little compliment for you. Thanks for coming on. And hopefully you are uh, upset next week. Uh, as much as I don't want to put pain onto people, I really hope you are upset next week. <laughs> No, I, I don't honestly like. I, I, I have a laugh and a joke with it. I think if you go up, you've been good. I, I put a comment on before. You've been good over forty-six games, but thirty-seven games if you think about it. But if you go up, you deserve it, and you're there for a reason. So I wish you the best of luck, Tom. And I actually hope you do. They do it for you. So uh, you know, oh, I never thought right. I'd say that, but yeah, it's been a joy. <laughs> and it's been a, it's been a joy to listen to Kaz as well on the campaign. I think it's a really good job and. Anything that I can do or we can do to help them, sure we will, and uh, hopefully keep this out of the game because it needs to be gone. Absolutely. We've got to retweet stuff anyway because then we get free merch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I expect you all to be wearing Her Game 2 t-shirts when they come out. <laughs> Please. Yeah, send it straight over. I needed a triple X after after Friday, after the beer. <laughs> um, Noted. Last comment, does Tom get kicked off the third? It's my podcast. I can't kick myself off. To be fair, Tom, people have been pictures with you the other day. I'm surprised not charging us for coming on to co-host with you. Well, <laughs> it was it was Joe. He said, do you mind if I have a And then we had some, I had some people come up and said, I really love the preview show for the spot and stuff. And I was like, is this what it feels like to be a celebrity, but just on a really rubbish scale? <laughs> um, someone came up to me in the club the other day. I messaged you straight it away. Was, like, I love a, what you do. You know, and it's like, it, it was my it's good like it's that, just... That sort of stuff can make you feel like a million dollars and it kind of kicks out all the, the nasty comments that you get. And if you can get loads of them, I think you've just got to ignore the, the idiots like Matt said before. And you know, there, there are going to be, you put yourself in the limelight, there are going to be idiots, but most most people are, are nice. Yeah, yeah. That that was my good friend Andy Houston. He called me up. He said, "I've just seen your mate from the podcast. He, he's, a, he's a very, very lovely man. He's, he's I don't think Mr. Blackpool came for for decades, or England game home and away. He's an absolute phenomenal bloke. He loves football, so um, he's in big support of you as well, Kaz. I know he's watching tonight, but um, yeah, he said um, it's really good to have you on as well. So um, we'll end it there, guys. Thank you so much, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Good evening. Thank you. See you later, lads. <laughs>